G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes bad things happen in life, they just do. And more often than not, they hit us without warning. That element of surprise, of of shock, seems to make things ten times worse. So the question is, what, if anything, can we do to be prepared beforehand? I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take a look at those panic attacks from a different perspective. Which one of us will ever forget the tsunami that hit on Boxing Day, the 26th of December 2004? Indonesia, Sri Lanka, India, Thailand, elsewhere, 200,000 confirmed dead and another 50,000 missing. People were swimming, holidaying, working, having breakfast, sleeping. There were no dark clouds or storm clouds, no no loud thunder crack, no wind, no earthquake, nothing. But all of a sudden, the oceans broke forth and swallowed everything in their path. A friend of mine who visited Aceh in Indonesia told me of a boat in a tree several miles inland, all without warning. Well, actually, there was a warning. Seismologists in Australia and elsewhere immediately detected the undersea earthquake, but there were no systems in place to tell the people on the ground. There were inadequate systems in the oceans to detect the coming tsunami, and so for the lack of early warning systems, a quarter of a million people perished. I just can't begin to imagine the the panic and the mayhem and the, the people drowning. I mean, not being able to breathe, losing air, the terror and the death times 250,000. This was the strongest earthquake ever measured. It measured 9.1 on the Richter scale. Now, nothing could have stopped that wave from coming, but early warning would have put people in a position to take action to save their lives. Early warning would have put them on higher ground. Early warning, knowing that it's coming and having the communication system in place and the evacuation procedures and resources in place would have saved probably the majority of those quarter of a million lives. This week on A Different Perspective, we're looking at godly advice. Advice that can prepare us to deal with the issues of life. When we were teenagers, we had, I did, we had the know-it-all attitude. We ignored mum and dad because they didn't know anything. And I guess as a result of that, I know I walked through things where I made mistakes and it's caused me pain and I had to live through the consequences. I learned from that. I grew from that. And I guess you did too. We all did. That's life. But as adults, sometimes we still do the same thing. There's this wonderful Yiddish proverb that says, every generation has to learn for itself that the stove is hot. And this week and next week on the program, we're exploring that through the book of Proverbs, a book that King Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever walked this planet, wrote. 
And the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is a book that Solomon, as an older man, wrote for the younger men to give them godly, mature advice for their lives. And sure, we need to take that advice and we need to take our experience and live those things out. And hopefully that's how we grow. These days, I know that governments around the Pacific Ring and the Indian Ocean are spending lots of money on early warning systems. Hopefully, we've learned from this whole awful tsunami exercise that we can save lives, that we can do things beforehand to save lives when the tsunami hits. And life, our lives, we have our tsunamis too. The death of a loved one, being retrenched, failing at something, sickness, accidents, broken relationships, lostness, depression... It's an endless list, isn't it? We we wouldn't wish any of those things on anyone. We wouldn't wish any of that on our own lives. But here's the thing. Those things do happen in life. Those things are consequences of our decisions, ultimately, to rebel against God. It's what he tells us. And they come without warning. There could have been one around the next corner, over the next hill, tomorrow, in the next half hour. We just don't know. But what could we do to get ready? What, what can we do to be prepared? That's the question. And it's a good question. And Solomon gave his fatherly advice to the young men that spoke exactly into that. It spoke into that know-it-all attitude. This is what he said. How much longer will you enjoy being stupid fools? Hmm, <laughs> it's pretty in your face. And maybe we need that sometimes. How much longer will you enjoy being stupid fools? How much longer? Won't you ever stop sneering and laughing at knowledge? Listen, as I correct you and tell you what I think, you completely ignored me and you refused to listen. You rejected my advice and paid no attention when I warned you. So when you are struck by some terrible disaster or when trouble and distress surround you like a whirlwind, I'll laugh and make fun. Then you'll ask me for help, but then I won't listen. You'll search, but you won't find me. No, you will not learn. You refused to pay respect to the Lord your God. You rejected my advice and paid no attention when I warned you. Now you'll eat the fruit of what you've done until you are stuffed full by your own schemes. Sin and self-satisfaction bring destruction and death to stupid fools. But if you listen to me, you'll be safe and secure without fear of disaster. Who's talking? Well, actually, if you read the whole story, wisdom is a person. Wisdom is speaking to these young men through this book of Proverbs. How much longer will you enjoy being stupid fools? Wisdom is speaking into this attitude of, I know it all. Life's good. I'll do what I like. I'll do what feels good. God. Oh, goodness, no. I I know it all. It's easy to feel that way, easy to think that way in the good times, isn't it? When life's going well, when it's a party, when when we've got plenty of money, plenty of food and our health's good, we can breeze along, we can go and do stuff and, and I guess to some extent enjoy our lives. We're never satisfied though, we're never fulfilled, but I guess we can in some sense enjoy. And then God gets in our faces like that. You know, I don't believe it's a coincidence that you and I are together today. God gets in our faces with something like, how much longer will you enjoy being stupid fools? We all need that. We're influenced by a whole bunch of things. We, we take a whole bunch of influences from television and radio and from people and from life and books and ideas. We suck those in very uncritically. We are influenced. Will we be influenced by God's wisdom? How much does Jesus have sway in our hearts? Because when Jesus talks about wisdom, 
He talks about self-sacrifice. There's a cost. There's a discipline. There's a gentleness. There's a joy. There's a peace. But those things come at a cost. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Don't try to live your life because if you do, you'll lose it. But if you're prepared to lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it. And God's wisdom lays down solid foundations in our lives day by day by day. But here's the crunch. We need to do that before the tsunami hits. In every day of our lives, when things are going well, that's when we need to be drinking in God's wisdom, laying it quietly down in the DNA of our souls before the tsunami hits. What this message from Solomon says is that if you think you can conjure up God's wisdom in the middle of the storm, forget it. You need to have laid that foundation in walking every day with him before. And you do that, and if you listen to me, says God, you'll be safe and secure without fear of disaster. We sometimes can't stop the tsunamis in life. They just happen. But can I encourage you to thirst after God's wisdom? Just do one thing for me. Go to to the Gospel of Mark. It's the shortest of the four Gospel accounts. takes two to two and a half hours max to read. And as you read it on a piece of paper, just jot down the Jesus wisdom bits that really blow you away, the ones that jump out at you. Let him turn your world upside down. The question is, will we listen? Before we part ways today, I was just wondering if I could ask for your input, a bit of help, if you will, to guide me along the way. As you might imagine, we receive a lot of feedback to a different perspective from right around the world. And one of the most common things people say is, I wish you could teach more about subject X or whatever. So that got me to thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could be a bit more deliberate about that? Wouldn't it be great if I could get your input on the teaching topics that would really speak into your life? So could I ask you, when you have a moment, to head across to teachingtopics.org to have your say. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, and who knows how many other people right across the globe might be blessed by your God-inspired ideas. That web address again is teachingtopics.org. Just a few minutes of your time could have a powerful impact that ripples out into countless places that we can't even begin to imagine. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time tomorrow, with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.